welcome to Conversations About Life. Right that there. tells you that you are recording. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's good to have you on the podcast, Jay, and I'm looking forward to talking with you. So just as far as introduction goes, um, I just met you recently. Yeah. Um, I know you're involved in a ministry that you started called mm-hmm. Windowed Warrior. Yes, sir. And you're into fitness. I met you at the gym. And uh, what else would you say about yourself just as way of introduction? Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm married. Okay. Um, let's see. I've been married. Uh, this year will be... Goodness sakes. Oh, my son's 15, so it's 16, 16 years. Uh, I have two children. Um, my son is 14, and my daughter is 11. Uh, we live here uh, not too far from you in the Jefferson County area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, attend and serve at a church in Fenton. Um, yeah, I just it's just interesting being here in your home. Uh, you know, it's not every day that I meet a man in the sauna and then, you know, go to his house and do a podcast. So, uh, I think it's interesting how, um, I, I, am always fascinated with how, uh, God is always moving before us and setting paths. So just interesting that I would, uh, have had in my Bible that day. And, uh, you had, I think you had mentioned, don't, don't get sweat on your Bible or something like (laughs) that. And that just kind of initiated a conversation about some of the things that we have are aligned on in this life, this experience. So, yeah, um, I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm not nervous, but uh, anxious, uh, a healthy anxious about meeting with you today, because I don't know, though I have a podcast in my <laughs> ministry, I haven't done much of it, and I don't know um, what to expect <laughs> today, right, in preparation for what kind of questions or angles you might uh, might have, and I, I just want to be able to give you uh, healthy answers, you know, um, good dialogue. <laughs> Yeah. So I haven't checked out your podcast yet. So what what kind of um podcast is it? What do you do? Well, it's it's geared towards men and uh it is absolutely all about Jesus and it is based on the beatitudes. Uh hmm. if, for those uh listening that are familiar with the beatitudes uh found in Matthew 5. Um it's based on that. It's uh um what's the word? Uh it's linear. Uh, the the steps to me are linear. I never I never saw them that way. Uh, the um, the beatitudes. So I was always looking for kind of gradual steps to take in this ministry that I have. And until my pastor actually did a did a series of sermon on the beatitudes, uh, I never saw them as progressional. That was the word I was looking for. So it's really it's really hard to get, once you start studying them and it opened up to you in a way they don't. Uh, it's it's hard to get to the second beatitude without really recognizing the first beatitude, um, realizing that you're spiritually poor. Um, so uh, it's geared towards men. Uh, I feel convicted, called into men's ministry. Uh, when I when I go to church uh, or any church, it really for me the brand the branding of the modern day Americanized. Um, Christian church is really, it seems to be geared towards women and children. Um, we don't really have many men um, active in the church. Um, we don't, it, it doesn't seem to be branded or geared towards men. And I, th- I believe that that is a, a facet of our modern day world that is lacking greatly and feel called into filling that gap. Um, yeah. 
So okay. it's a men's. It's a, it's gear. It's it's inclusive. It's not exclusive for men, but Winnowed Warrior is for uh, it's for everybody. But it's geared towards it's geared towards dudes for okay. sure. So the Beatitudes. That's kind of what. Um, that seems like a pretty significant portion of the Bible for you, huh? Yeah. So um, when I've thought about the Beatitude, Beatitudes, I've thought these things are really. Um, they're not really concrete. That's the way it seems to me. Like it's, it's almost like, man, you could kind of take them this way or that way. There's lots of different uh, um, ways you could, I don't know. I've heard a lot of different interpretations of them. I have kind of my own thoughts about them somewhat. Um, but, um, but one thing you mentioned is you seem as progressive, um, so you see him kind of um, instructive, I guess, like a path, spiritual path or something like that? Yeah, I, I do. Um, sorry, I'm not close enough to the mic. Uh, so I, I, I see them as uh, their, actual, their actual steps, and, and I have to, I, I start each day um, at step one. And there isn't any going to step two until you've realized step one. And that's blessed are the poor in spirit. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them. I just I wanted to uh, have them up for reference, just because of my nerves being recorded. You know that that feeling of being observed. Uh, it kind of gets you off kilter from your confidence level. What it does for me, so um, yeah. So it's it's for me. Uh, once I uh, once I witnessed my pastor go through the beatitudes in a series that he went through, they became very clear to me how they are progressional, and it, it's. You're, you're never going to get to the last beatitude being persecuted. It, it, that wouldn't matter to you if none of the other ones had been achieved. If you hadn't realized all of the other beatitudes pr- prior to whatever beatitude it is that you're working on, um, the subsequent ones, won't, they won't matter to you. They'll be, a, they'll be insignificant. Um, and then, you know, you had asked about the, the ministry a little bit earlier. Uh, and then it's, it's called Winnowed Warrior, and it's, God, it's a kind of a funny name, but I, I think, as you know, the winnowing process is an agricultural term from uh, from a go from a, a long time ago, and it's it's just the, the breaking. Uh, it's that breaking of uh, of the entire process of the the seed breaking to become the plant, the plant breaking to give its harvest, the the harvesters coming and breaking that stalk to get the the wheat head, the wheat head being broken to get the kernel. Um, and then the chaff being blown away. And I just, I kept seeing winnow throughout the scriptures when I would read. And uh, I was taken back to, I was made aware of uh, when John the Baptist, and I shared this with you when we had first met, when John the Baptist had said, you know, I baptize you with water, but the one coming after me will baptize you uh, in the spirit and with fire. And he's coming with his winnowing fork in hand, and he will separate the wheat from the chaff, and he'll store his wheat up in the barn. And I I want to be that wheat. Hmm. I want I want many of us to be that wheat, right? Those of us that are that are called into that. So. Right, the wheat and the chaff, as in like, um, um, like there's some there's going to be a separation, a judgment. Some are going to be gathered in. Some are going to be cast out. Is that kind of how you see that? Like, there's other parables talking about being cast out of the kingdom or cast out of the banquet and things like that, the wheat and chaff. Is that kind of how you're seeing that? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I think um, 
I think that's what we're we're all going through right now is this uh, this winnowing process that that God is constantly removing what we once used or what we once thought was valuable in our growing and is no longer necessary. Getting taking that husk and getting getting rid of what was either once was valuable, like I said, or was never valuable um, uh, once we've been transformed. So um, yeah, so, so you're seeing it like more of like an individual personal thing rather than like a group like let's say here's the the people of the land some of you are chaffed some of you are weak god's going to gather some but some there's going to be a judgment some are going to be cast away but you're seeing it more like no you are the individually the chaffed and the wheat, and there's like something going on on just you personally there. I, I guess it's multifaceted. I could see it from okay. both sides. So if you're looking at it from uh, God's judgment, um, um, I I would never step towards God's judgment. That's not my. I'm not called to judge in that way. Mm-hmm. I'm actually called not to judge in that way. I'm called to judge, but not um, not on salvation, right? So that's not my place to do that. So I don't know what, I don't, I don't, you know, I do know God's grace. I understand God's grace from my perspective. I don't understand the, com- the complexity of all of his grace, but um, I would never cast judgment on any other soul saying that you are the chaff and you are, or you are the wheat. Right. That's only for the judge. And mm-hmm. um, so... I don't, I don't feel that my my ministry, um, and I'm not educated enough um, on I think Arminianism or uh, Calvinism or whatever, whatever like you know, the, like you're chosen or you're not chosen, you're predestined or you're not predestined. I, I, I'm not educated enough to go down the theology and the doctrine of those types of things, um, and I don't know that it's. I, I guess for me and and the ministry I feel called into at this point, I don't feel like it's relevant. I don't know if that's the path that you're guiding us down, but uh, no, I'm not guiding us. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I don't know if that's the path you wanted to go down, but um, yeah, uh, it, I, I think it's multi multifaceted, uh, both you know individually as well as you know people and as a whole. Yeah. Okay. So um, why Christianity? There's um, the religions of the world. There's um, humanism. Just some people. Just naturalism. But you gravitate toward Christianity, so why is that? Well, um, I do. You know, there's. If you would have asked me that that question a long time ago, I you know I do think that you are a product of your in, your environment, and my environment um, definitely lent itself to uh, a Christ centered home. So I was introduced to it that way, right? So. Um, in the sense that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, kind of a mindset, then sure, that's why I'm aware of and you know intimately aware of of Christianity. Um, but as I you know as as I grew in the world and became aware of other kinds of practices, um, there's there's only just this one that offers salvation. There, that's it. There isn't there isn't another there isn't any other form of, uh, you call it religion, uh, the world might call it religion, of, of just practicing and belief that would offer um, 
someone doing something for me that I couldn't do for myself to get me somewhere where I could never get myself, right? So I guess that's why I would um, uh, intellectually say my interest or my, my, I gravitate towards that. Um, other than that, it, it, it's an, un, it's a, it's a, it's an undefinable, um, I don't have language to explain to you or define to you, um, why, how God talks to me, uh, how I feel, um, moved in the spirit. There's not language for that. And I, so I just, that would be the best way I could describe it from a personal level is just, uh, there's a knowing might be the basic way of saying that. There's, there's a knowing through my experience in this world that this, this is for me. Hmm. That's interesting, using the word knowing. Um, and by the way, if like I'm just bombarding you with questions and you feel like you're on the hot seat, feel free to... Um, Pop you back know, what you, with, with some questions? If you want to. <laughs> like, um, but um, yeah, because so, sometimes knowing... It almost seems like something you can, um, when the people use that word, like something you can prove or observe or something like you can know that two plus two is four or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes knowing is kind of more of intuitive type of thing. Like I know this person or I, or, you know, and that seems more like the type of knowing you're maybe referring to where it's just like there's just something deep down which just says yes to this and yep. it's and it's an experiencing of that, so there is some kind of a knowing going on, but it's maybe not so much like um, other types of knowing, like um, being able to prove some things in a certain way or something like that. I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel um, like they need to prove something, and I don't. I don't feel that in my. In, in the ministry I'm called into, mm-hmm. that I'm I'm not here to prove anything. I'm here to um, uh, to affirm other men and 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 the struggles that they're going through. Uh, let them know that it's okay to to feel what they feel, experience what they're experiencing, and then giving them a safe place to. Um, I don't know if express is the right word, but communicate uh, what's going on and. Um, in their life. I'm going to turn my phone over because it's distracting me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't feel the, the, the need to, I, I don't even know that I, I mean, unless I could prove, you know, a miracle, like, you know, um, this is undefinable by, by math. This is undefinable by science. There's no way that this could have ever happened. Here's a miracle that has happened. But even that, like, okay, well, how did that happen? Who did that? And still doesn't necessarily mean that there is a, a creator or a this or a that. I don't feel called into, into that. But um, yeah, I feel more called into just coming in alongside of people and being a good steward of my life and their life, uh, regardless of how they live their life, uh, loving them right where they are. And um just recognizing that I'm 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 grafted in um, to the same root system that they're grafted into, so I'm really I'm I'm no different. I'm just a you know I'm, I'm a branch no different than they are um, in that sense. Completely dependent upon something outside of myself. Hmm. Well, let's talk about relationships and friendships and stuff like that. So. Um, is that going good for you? Are you pretty satisfied with your relational life, like with other 
men, or I guess not necessarily just with men. I mean, there's other relationships and things as well. But, um, or is that something you're pursuing? Because um, it seems like, um, I don't know, you're kind of uh, maybe implying things about men and the way they relate to each other, you know, in the interests that you have, uh, um, the ministry and so forth. So, um, what are your thoughts about that? Um, about like men and relationships, is that um, something you kind of feel like um, you got together? You got it together in your own life, or is it more of an ideal you're pursuing, or or what? I, d- I don't know that I have it together in my own life. Okay. Um, I would say uh, so. Y- your first question was, uh, if I recall correctly, was you know how am I how am I doing in my relationships? Uh, yeah. How do I feel about my relationships? Um, uh, ask me today, I'll give you one answer. Ask me tomorrow. Ask me this afternoon, and I might give you a little bit different answer. So I, I would say that I'm, I'm doing well um, only because I'm pursuing them, not because, not because the relationship is going well, if that makes, hmm. it makes sense in my head. Uh, I don't know that it's coming across the right way, but because I'm pursuing the relationship, I, I, I would def- probably, I would probably lean more towards that relationship is, um, is on track because I'm pursuing it. Right. Uh, I'm wanting to find out, uh, what, you know, what can I, is that me, uh, what I can do differently, um, what I can do better, um, where am I, where are my areas of growth and opportunity and how can I, um, how can I better understand their talents, their skills, um, their love languages and spiritual gifts and things like that? Well, how are you pursuing it? And what do these relationships look like? Is it um, like church groups or is it other things or what? Well, yeah, I have, um, I mean, I have my, my most intimate relationships, uh, right? So like my wife and, mm-hmm. and my children and my family and things. Are you asking outside the family circle kind of questions? Yeah, I like, guess, you know, um, what about, like the dudes I hang out with right. and roll with? And, I think like men, friendship among men is kind yeah. of what I'm asking about. Because, um, yeah, it's kind of like defined for us what a good marriage looks like. That's pretty, you know, uh, we get a vision of mm-hmm. an idea of that. And like a man and his children and stuff like yeah. that. But like men and other men, those mm-hmm. friendships uh, and so forth, um, yeah, that's kind of a little bit more like, what's that supposed to look like? And um, how, how do you pursue that and um, and things like that? Yeah, yeah it's, um, it is, uh, my, my relationships are scattered. They're, they're, uh, there's a spectrum of them. And I would say that more than not, I'm frustrated with the relationships that I have with the fellas in my in my life, um, th- let's see. So I have very dear friends. Um, we're very like I, I. I don't know how to answer this question the right way. I'm I'm frustrated with the male relationships, the men relationships that I have, only because I feel like um, we. I'm 40, how old am I now? 44. And the generation that I am in is completely different from that of my grandfather, 
Yeah. So there's there's a little bit of change with my father, but like our our grandfathers did not change for the most part, statistically speaking. They didn't change diapers. They didn't wash dishes. They didn't they didn't do any domestic type of behaviors and things like that, other than go to work, come home, and that's just you know maybe mow the lawn or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I I'm not speaking for all men, all relationships. Just kind of my my purview, my perspective on things. And then now we have this sling. The other way, there's this a hundred, there's this reciprocalness that's happened, where um, my friends and and even I, we we struggle with getting away from the family, and getting away from mm-hmm. our wives, and getting right. away from our children, mm-hmm. um, because we will we will feel a sense of um, guilt or we are not fulfilling our responsibilities. Um, that's just I don't know I don't know quite know what that is, but uh, just getting my friends to go do something away from their family for more than an afternoon it's very painstaking. Yeah, and I've I've communicated that to them. I'm like I don't I don't get it. Like let's go let's go fishing. Mm-hmm. Let's go on a fishing trip. All right, cool. Where you want to go? You want to go to a pond here? You know, locally. But no, no, I want to leave on like Friday afternoon. Come back Sunday night. Like oh no, I got. I got baseball, I got basketball, I coach this team, I coach yeah. that team, and then I, we got church, and we got this, and we got that, and we got that. I'm like, can you just get away, and can we go sit in the woods for a couple of days? Like, let, mm-hmm. let's just, you know. Um, but I have great friends, though. I don't mean for that to sound like they're not phenomenal friends. Like, I, I've got great friends uh, that I've grown up with, one of which I was telling you, Liz, you know, grew up in the subdivision that that mm-hmm. you live in here. Um, and uh, I've got I've got great dude friends from church, um, and... Uh, we, we, we get together uh, from time to time. It's, you know, it's coffee talk and Bible talk and, mm-hmm. you know, getting together, that, that kind of thing. But I would, you know, back to your original question, like how do those go? I'd say they're, they're frustrating because I feel like um, uh, it's oh, like, I don't want to be careful saying this. It's like almost like we've become too close to the tent. Uh, you know, like uh, Jacob and Esau, right? Mm-hmm. So, like right. Jacob stayed a little close to the tent, and Esau was, you know, out being furry out in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, harvesting and gathering. And I, I just, I feel like there's a good balance to ha- be had, but um, most most of my friends probably are staying a little too close to the tent. Mm-hmm. And I do that. I tend to do that mm-hmm. when I don't get. I, I, I lack the confidence in uh, in my marriage to go do what. I want to do, go do what I need to do mm-hmm. if I don't have the permission from my wife to go do it. Hmm. So not because, not because she feels that way, but because mm-hmm. I feel that way. Right. Wow. That's interesting. Cause, um, yeah, I think there's a balance. Um, but that is really an interesting perspective, how the generations are different mm. and how we've kind of swung this way pretty hard. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And, and you still, think of it, you know, as like, um, typical advice, like, you know, make sure you're prioritizing your family and, you know, there's something to that, but, um, yeah, developing deep friendships with other men is something that, um, have been, was maybe more common in other generations and was even written about like, um, thinking of like ancient Greece and stuff like that and times when, philosophers and those who wrote would write about um, friendship among men and uh, mm-hmm. just the importance of it and so forth. It seems like in modern day we um, put um, a lot of emphasis on the romantic relationship, mm-hmm. whereas um, in other generations um, that was a relationship, but there was also these deep friendships among men and uh, something we've 
maybe don't have a lot of emphasis on in our present day culture, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, it made me, th- it, what you're saying is making me think of uh, yesterday an experience that I'd had. Um, uh, I was out to work with um, my boss. Actually, it's now my boss's boss and, uh, and, and my employee. And um, so this is the, the, uh, the owner of the company and uh, he was, you know, um, talking about something that was very important to him and he became teary-eyed and um, slowed in his speech. And I work in, a, in, in, in an industry that is uh, typically, you know, it's an industrial industry. It's, um, uh, do, it's dominant, predominantly uh, men that work in this industry. And, um, you know, it's, it's laughter is okay. Anger, okay. Like, right? So we can show those emotions, but sadness and hurt, um, caring and affection that would be categorized, um, I'm not saying it's feminine, but would be categorized as feminine in our modern Americanized world, mm-hmm. um, is just frowned upon. And then you get, when I say you, I mean me, um, because I will tend to be thrown into that category of being sensitive. I get labeled as sensitive or they'll call me gushy. Uh, bec- and, or, uh, do they, do they, is uh, that how you're thought of? Is that how I'm called? I mean, how you're thought of at work. Yes. It is? Okay. Yes. Wow. Outside of work, um, with the people that I, 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 I it's odd to me that they would, uh, that people call me sensitive. And when I think of sensitive, I think of someone who's delicate and I don't view myself as delicate. Um, and maybe it's just my my internalization of that word, right? Of how I see that word sensitive. Um, I, I see it as, as delicate, and I'm like, no, I'm 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 not that way. I just I would say I'm more um, intellectually mature or emotionally mature, mm-hmm. and so I recognize when someone's hurting, and then I'll come in alongside that person, and uh, more times than not, I recognize that they appreciate that, right? And then. The other guys that I'm I, I work with are you know like you're you know you're you're sensitive and I'm like okay, okay I'll just we'll go with that but uh, uh, my the this man sitting to my uh, right it just became um, he was experiencing an emotion uh, that was one of concern and sadness you know whatever and um, he's like and he started to apologize I, I'm, I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry and I, I like no. No one ever apologizes when they laugh. I go like ha 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 ha, and then yeah. and then oh I'm, I'm sorry for laughing, right? Or when at, at at work when you know something goes wrong and someone expresses themselves, um, you know expresses their anger or frustration, uh, whether that's verbally or physically, you know pound their fists on a desk, yell a, uh, an ex, um, uh, some foul language or whatever. Typically, it's not oh, oh I'm, so, I'm I'm so sorry. It's just when they express emotions that uh, the world says you're not supposed to have, and they've been trained and conditioned in that way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I, and I, I'm guilty of that a, a, sometimes too, but uh, I'm just trying to help create an environment where um, men can talk about things that really matter to them. And uh, like I, I leaned over and I kind of leaned into him and I started rubbing his back, you know, and I know deep down inside, whether he would admit it or not, 
he appreciated that, you know. But I think most men uh, would look at hi, would look at that and say, um, like, you know, that would that's inappropriate for men to behave in that way. Why are you rubbing that man's back? Why are you telling him it's okay? So, um, so yeah. you're you probably told me, but what kind of work do you do? Uh, I'm in the uh, and. I'm in the power industry, so okay. uh, the company I work for, we do. Um, I keep can't feel like I get, get further. Uh, you're, I'm mirroring you, but uh, what I keep gleaning back, I don't think the gains up enough. So um, I think you're fine uh, because there's like, yeah. I just don't want to like be making out with your microphone. <laughs> no, just um, so I don't want to clip. I don't want to clip your uh, your audio either. Right. So um, I work. Uh, in the power industry, uh, the company that I, I represent, we do uh, motive power or power for material handling, okay. uh, forklifts and man movers and things like that. Uh, we do EV charging, so all the uh, you know the world is moving towards electric vehicles, and so we supply the um, the materials, the equipment, and the infrastructure uh, for said electric vehicles because okay, uh, an EV is only good once. Right, uh, you got to charge it up, and then we also do critical power. So here, uh, I know you're operating off of battery, but if we were operating off of a system doing this podcast and the power were to go out, um, we would have a, you know, a, a battery backup system, a UPS. So we would do it on a small scale for this, or we do it for a large scale uh, for a company uh, that maybe perhaps makes paper towels and toilet paper or cereal things like that. And at work. You're known so much um, for being like, you know, you said sensitive or gush, gushy that like yeah. you're known as that. That's yeah. how people know you. And they yeah. even bring it up and just. Yeah, they'll pick know. on me. I get it. It's good. It's, it's typically in good. It's I would say most of the time it's in good spirit. Like, oh, you're just too you're too sensitive or that it gets perceived as uh, being a suck up um, um, that, like it's a facade. Of, of sorts. That's very frustrating when you genuinely care about someone and they don't take it. They, they, they take it as, um, um, anything other than genuine. That's, that's very frustrating from this end. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, cause, um, so is that a, a recent thing or if you, is that just oh. a part of your personality that's just been with you pretty much through it, through it all? Oh, I've always, I've, I've not changed. <laughs> it's just that I went into an industry that was that way. So I've been in this industry for a little over a decade and, um, it is, uh, yeah, that it, I was made aware of how I'm just different and, um, a very, I was very uncomfortable with how different I was made to realize I was, I was put in a situation that helped me realize that I was different. And I was very uncomfortable with that difference very early on. Uh, and it hasn't been until, um, probably just like the last few years that I have, uh, come to just be okay. Like it's it, actually my gift. Okay. Like that's, that's my, that's my, that's actually my special gift. So, um, I'm going to just embrace it. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good. Is this your daughter? This is my daughter. This Hi. is Gracie. Hi, Gracie. I'm Jason. Nice to meet you. Um, I've had to do a podcast once with someone doing a hammer drilling outside of my concrete wall. So I know, and people running around and walking around the dogs and the toe clicks from the dogs and things like that. So it could be, it can be distracting straight away. 
when you're trying to do a podcast. So, but I'm cool with it. I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Um, so, um, well, anyway, I'll tell you about an experience I've had. So at my church, which is a really good church, um, we're really teaching focused. So if we're getting together, most of the time someone is um, giving a lecture. Well, a sermon. Mm-hmm. I kind of call that like a lecture, you know, yeah. because you're just kind of sitting and you're listening. And then if it's a Bible study class, similar thing, men's prayer breakfast, similar thing. You know, we'll eat, but then someone's going to get up and talk and everyone's going to listen. Now, there there are some home group type of things that will go through a series, and that's kind of more interactive. But I recently, someone at the gym, someone I met in the sauna, he invited me to his church over in Columbia, Illinois. It's called uh, Life Community Church. And I haven't been to like a church service over there, but they have men's groups and mm-hmm. things I've been meeting up with. And um, it's really, uh, I've enjoyed it. And it's really, it's, it's just kind of different um, than what I've experienced. So, so for example, on Sunday evenings at 530, um, a bunch of men meet over there. There's um, some guy leads us through a couple of songs. Then there's someone who'll get up and they'll say, say a few words. Kind of like a little devotional type of thing, whatever. And then everyone breaks up into groups of five, and you're with uh, the same group each week. And um, there might be a couple of discussion questions that are, you know, just taken around the little group. Like, what do you think about this? What's going on in your life concerning whatever, you know? And then, um, and then it, one of the questions is also, you know, how can we be praying for you? So everyone gets a chance to talk. And then um, we pray for one another. Um, and I guess this is just their practice. And um, one guy just puts his hand on the guy next to him. And he prays for that guy right there. Mm-hmm. And then that guy then will put his hand on the guy next to him. And he'll pray for that. And it just goes around the room. Um, and everyone um, is just being prayed for. Right. And then that's it. And I've really enjoyed the... Um, the face-to-face interaction. Like, like Christianity, it seems is like something that um, it's not just taking in information. It's kind of like putting this on, feeling it out, um, taking a few steps and uh, trying to work things out. And you're, if you're doing it face-to-face with other people doing it at the same time, that seems kind of like ideal, you know, because you're doing it, it's not a solo type of project. And um, even if you're in a group when you're receiving a lecture, you're receiving a lot of information. If you take that and you're trying to apply that or use that on your own, it's almost it's still a little bit like a solo project. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying, this is what I'm doing, um, this is what it's looking like, How, what do you think about that, how's it going for you, and there's this face-to-face interaction with the things of Christianity, um, it seems um, like a good thing. I like it. So anyway, yeah. There's, I, I love how you said um, that's a, kind of like a Christianity, and then you had uh, you didn't say it was a solo project, but you had made reference to some people uh, using it as as a solo project, and yeah. um, and it just made me think of like you know individual sports versus you know team oriented sports and things like that. And there's so. Um, there's so much to what you just said. Uh, I would love to un- unpack that someday. But um, I, th- men 
tend to in, 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 internalize uh, their emotions and never verbally process out loud what they're going through short of anger and frustration, hmm. maybe some laughter. But like the things, the hurts, the habits, the hangups, the things that they're struggling with, they don't get verbally processed. They don't, they, there's such uh, therapy, self-healing that might, might happen if someone were to actually uh, get in a small group, not to use the, I don't know if, I use the word, <laughs> this is right or wrong, but this Christian-y language, like, you know, small group and things like that. So, but if they were to get with a group of other men that were willing to be vulnerable, men are not, it not by nature, off the shelf man has not been, you know, uh, set up with uh, the software of being vulnerable. That's, I think that's something that you have to grow into. And if they were willing to get with other men and be vulnerable. Um, even that men will hear me say, you need to be vulnerable with other men. And they'll take that like, Ooh, that just sounds, that sounds so silly. Why would I want to be vulnerable with another man? Um, because it's healthy for you to verbally process what's going on in your life and get perspective from someone else and hearing what you say, hearing yourself say the things that you're feeling sometimes will the light, the light bulbs will start to go off like, oh, I, I've been saying that internally for the last two years until I actually heard myself say it. That sounds so ridiculous. Now that I got it out of my system, I, I've said it out loud to someone else, not for any judgment from that other person, but because I heard myself say it, it's now it's out of the dark. I brought it into the light. Now I can start to work on that, mm-hmm. focus on that. But, uh, but then absolutely having someone else give you perspective um, right. on the thing that it is that you're, you know, you're experiencing outside of just, you know, financial woes, marriage woe, you know, that, like you've got some deep, dark rooted things that you're dealing with. Um, mm-hmm. I think verbalizing that for men is uh, it, just getting past that, that stone is a, is a big tripping point. And getting a reply like that doesn't happen that often, but it's really helpful. I think like if I can just pour out stuff <clears throat> and get someone's impression of it, and say, you know, it looks like this is, or this is how I see what you're going through and your attitude about it. And uh, like, uh, it, just to get someone who's like outside of you mm-hmm. looking in or looking at you and giving that outside perspective seems so helpful. Um, I hesitate to do it for other people um, if it's not asked for. Um, but it seems like maybe that's something we should be doing more because I value it. Sometimes it's someone has given me a perspective. I, I remember one time sharing a business idea and, um, I laid it all out and this guy said, that sounds like a mess. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) it was a mess. And I kind of knew that, um, in the back of my mind, like there was something uneasy back there, but, um, yeah, it really helps for someone to tell me. So, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think um, um, I, I tend to speak metaphorically or parabolically at, at times, so I don't want to like get too far down that path. But um, I, I think we all need we all need some sails and some rudders in our life. Um, you know, if we if we're to, to look at ourselves as as, as a ship. Uh, we need some. Um, we need to a- align ourselves with some younger men 
um, with all of that energy and vigor and um, um, dynamics and uh, this this sense of uh, what is it when what's the word I'm looking for? What invinci- invincibility, right? Uh, they they it's inspiring to be around young men, um, and then we also need to have some some rudders in our lives. Uh, the the older men, the men that can help give us some you know direction. So, all sail, no rudder. You'll find yourself um, in some you know, out to sea, or uh, or shipwrecked, right? And uh, all rudder and no sail, uh, hmm. you just kind of floating, um, mm-hmm. uh, vulnerable to the to the uh, the waves of the of the waves. So, it's um, I think it's it, it's important to surround yourself with a lot of, with a with a diverse crowd. Uh, of men, so that you can you can um, mature in a diverse fashion um, and have, be be well rounded. Yeah, here's something. I'm, I'll just throw this out, um, and it could be something that you might be interested in getting involved in. Um, so there's a group in St. Louis, and this has grown over the past few years, and they get together in groups of four, and they go through a book called Discipleship Essentials by Greg Ogden. And um, it takes about two years to go through it. There's a particular schedule. And then at the end, the group breaks up and they each person finds three more people and they make another group. So that group of um, that one group becomes like four groups. They go through the whole thing again. And then so I wanted to do this. My brother told me about it, but I didn't want to drive into St. Louis. So I just found a few neighbors and we went through. It took us about two and a half years because we got sidetracked sometimes. Well, we paused sometimes. That's quite a commitment. Yeah, it is. (laughs) But it was good. Like longevity just does something for um, relationships. I mean, when you're meeting weekly and you're staying connected with one another's lives, so one guy was a Roman Catholic, the other guy was a Lutheran, and personality-wise, we didn't click like really well. But I really value those guys, um, and had grown to be comfortable with them, and it was a really good experience. And then we broke up, and um, I found three other guys. I'm going through it for the second time, wow. and these guys are younger guys. I'm going through it with now, and uh, we're just beginning, but I'm looking forward to it, and. Um, it's a pretty cool thing. And then there's this website, it's djourney.org, that kind of helps give some structure to this. Um, there are some handout type of things, and there's some opportunities to meet with other groups who are doing the same thing, like a, and um, maybe go on an overnight retreat or something like that. So anyway, yeah. just to let you know about it, it's a pretty cool thing. The hardest part is finding your three people. Hmm. Like... Man, because it is quite a commitment. So I get turned down. I get turned. I get no, 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 no. And then at the last minute, it just comes together. Yeah, Um, that's how it's worked out for me. So um, I'll ask you a question. How do you deal with um, that? That uh, if rejection is the is the right word, but when you are you're trying to bring people into a fold, and they're um, they just it's just a no. They don't want, and you know they're Christians. You know, you know, good guys. I want to bring in. I think we're all benefit from this. And um, but they're they they push you. They push the idea away. How do you deal with that in your in your ministry? Well, you know, there's like two different things. You give it up, or you just be persistent, and maybe something happens. <clears throat> with the DE, the Discipleship Essential Group. Um, 
it was like my year, my new, my goal for this year. And, um, so I was persistent. Um, I had finished the other group and I wanted to start this or something like it. And I was kind of thinking this might not come together because I kept getting no's. And then I found one guy and he said, yes, he almost said yes too fast. I was like, are you sure you understand what this is? (laughs) Did you hear what I said? (laughs) Yeah. But, um, he did say yes. So I just said, I put the start date out a few weeks, like six to eight weeks. And I said, this is our start date. I'm going to keep talking about it and, um, and see if we can get a couple more people. If not, we're going to start just me and you. And, um, so I kept talking about it and just like a week or two before we started, a couple other guys came on board. One guy, um, is my, is my son. He decided he wanted to be involved. And then one guy, I was just walking down the street down here, and I have a son, a different son who lives down here, and his neighbor was out talking to him. And I just said, hey, we're doing this. I was talking to his neighbor. And um, you're interested? And he said, no. And I said, well, if you change your mind, just tell Eddie. you know. And the next day, Eddie called me and said, or texted me, said, hey, Tony, he's interested. Oh, wow. So um, I think ultimately... God has to do it, uh, bring it together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way you respond, you either give it up because there's lack of interest yeah. or you just stay persistent and keep at it. Um, and whether you do one or the other, I guess that's a, a thing of just trying to figure that out and work it out, you know. Yeah, I, I ask because um, um, being as sensitive as I am, mm-hmm. uh it is discouraging for me. So I'll, you know, I'll share the idea of this ministry with folks uh, over the past couple few years that I've been doing it. And, and oh man, they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is great. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'd like you to do this and you to do this. And if I can get your testimony and we can have you on the podcast. And then it's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's all yes until I'm like, all right, your, I need, I need, I'd like to have your podcast or your testimony can you have that written up by this date mm-hmm. and it's just like not crickets crickets and, cr- and i'm mm-hmm. like i'm the type of person like if you don't want to go to the dance with me just say i hate you and i don't want to go to the dance with you but don't tell me you're going to go to the dance and then let me show up and then you're not at the door yeah <laughs> and, so and then i i take i i take that um almost like uh you know i I know that it's not the truth, but it, I take that like, like, oh, this is an omen. I shouldn't be in this. Hmm. Um, they don't believe in me. I start, I start to tell myself these stories. Uh, hmm. I make, I make these fairy tales uh, that um, I'm not good enough. Um, this, I'm not supposed to be in this ministry. That's why these guys don't want to do it. They don't take it seriously. Yada 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 yada. So I was just curious, as a fellow uh, person in ministry, um, is do you find it just as discouraging when people are? not they don't they're not as excited about or they don't commit to the things uh that that you would you need to grow this ministry i don't take it personal i don't find it personally too discouraging um so like i said it, it just i i just discard the idea or just keep on trying but um yeah i i can understand how that could what you're describing could be really frustrating. Um, and maybe it's a personality type of thing, whereas um, different, you know, different people might take it. It could be like more of a 
a, a blow for some than mm-hmm. others. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very, for me, it's just a very, it's a very real discouragement when uh, they're like, oh yeah, I definitely want to help you, man. In any yeah. way I want to help you out. I'm like, all right, cool. I need your testimony. Yeah. And I, what I'm learning through it, I guess the blessing in it um, is uh, just realizing how uncomfortable men are at giving their testimony, hmm. whether that's, you know, verbally on a podcast or, um, you know, just writing it down. They're, they're so, they're so, um, they're, I don't know, resistant to the, they're scared. Hmm. I think they're scared to sit down and get to know themselves well enough um, to write down their their testimony of where they've been, where they are, how Christ, their relationship with Christ has had an impact. Uh, I, I think they're not only are they scared to do that, but I think they're scared to let other people know hmm. about it as well. Um, so when they like, I'm I'm just like, oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm this, I'm that. I uh, you know, I struggled with substance, I struggled with uh, alcohol, I struggled with a pornography addiction. This is how it impacted my life. This is the template that it put on my marriage, and this is how it had an impact on my marriage and you know, my relationship with Christ, da, 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 da. And I'm just, I'm an open book. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have, I, I don't have any problems with that. And I, maybe that's just a personality difference between different, you know, between folks. Be. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you just said the P word. You can't say that. You can't say pornography. So I'm like, well, you know, it's a, you know, it's America's pastime and it's a real issue for men. So like, mm-hmm. I think we need to talk about stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just, Getting whether it's that or anything that they would be struggling with, uh, right. getting and so when they don't, I'm like, oh, well, there's no inventory on the shelf for me to open my store of sorts, right? So it's just a little discouraging when the when that doesn't come through, right? Yeah, I don't know. Just walk around if you're walk around with a microphone, make it easy for them. Just <laughs> you just know. <laughs> But I, you know, meeting you and and then and then you're talking about this equipment that we're recording on today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was inspired by that. So you know, right now it's a matter of getting someone to leave their home and then drive and then come to my house. And mm-hmm. as, as we were talking about earlier, guys, um, you know, my age with you know young adults in the house and everything going on, it's hard to get them pulled away. But if I could say, well, what if I come to your house? Mm-hmm. And I set up at your table, or, or right. that might make. Let me make it easy for you. I know I'm in sales, right? So the number one, the number one first rule is make it easy. Make it easy right. for someone to That's listen right. to what you have to say. Make it easy um, to for them to it, when, when they do make that decision uh, to make a purchase, um, or you're helping them buy something. Make it easy for them mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, yeah. It's always going to go better. So I. I I really, I liked, I really appreciate meeting you, but I liked um, this. I, I didn't even realize that this was possible. I thought, yeah, I had to have my MacBook and my Scarlet and all my amps and all that stuff. So that's cool. Right. I appreciate that encouragement. You're taking way a lot of notes and I brought notes, but you keep drilling me with questions. And so I, mm-hmm. I can't write them down fast yeah. enough. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of like, tracking my train of, of th- like if I have an, an idea, like something you say, and I think, well, that I want to bring this up again yeah. just so I don't forget it. So like I have Beatitudes written down here. I might want to come back to that. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big one. But, um, you know, something I'd like to ask you about is grace and atonement and 
you know, when I think of grace, I think of like the atonement of Jesus. And you did bring up grace at some point mm-hmm. during our conversation. Yeah. Um, that's had a powerful effect on me when it hits me, like in a, when I just feel the love of God and feel like, um, you know, everything is right because I'm right with him because of Jesus's death and resurrection. But uh, many times, you know, I don't carry that with me. It's just an intellectual type of thing. And um, the way I'm, my attitude and the way I'm living my life might be, appear more like works, like I'm seeking the approval of other people, like I'm being careful, fearful, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts about uh, what's that relationship with you and the atonement of Jesus? Like, is that something easy for you to carry? Um, do you do anything that helps you with that so that that's kind of like where you're coming from and so forth? You're you're wanting me to just you're wanting me to talk about how I embrace God's grace. Yeah, like um, like how is it? Yeah, what's it like for you? Do you do you just naturally go in day in day out like from no. that perspective? Like no, no, okay, like no, it's not. I I, um, I have there's I I think I have. Um, I have more faith than I do understanding of grace, if that makes any sense. I, I, I almost have to because I don't, um, I don't, I don't understand it, and I, I, I almost have to really position myself mentally and spiritually to even, um, to to grasp that. Um, that. Um, what well, do you live from that place? Like, the opposite would be like fear and like no i told you i struggle with panic and anxiety so (laughs) so, no i don't i am not i um i don't well my 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 perception is that i don't um i am i'm the i'm the plumber with the leaky pipes i'm the auto i'm the auto mechanic with the car that doesn't run i'm the i'm the ministry leader that's telling everybody about the grace uh, God's grace and His love, and um, but struggling with it in, in, in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, trying to comprehend someone doing something for me that they didn't have to do um, is one thing. But when you like. Um, Yeah, it's such a deep. It, I, it's it's just it's so, it's such a deep topic, um, d- like probably deeper than even you're giving credit to the question that you're asking. I think it would be like a whole multi-series podcast to just really dive into like what grace really is and understanding. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we could really grasp at that and and like you said, live from a place of grace. Uh, and I appreciate you saying that because no one's ever said that to me like that before. Do you live? From there, do you is that where you is that your origin each day? Mm-hmm. Is that your epicenter of where you keep going back to? And it's not, it's not. I'm uh, that's not where I'm, I'm at. But you know, like if you had, um, 
you know, if you had a, a bill for $25, if we were sitting down here at a restaurant and, and I paid for that and I didn't have to, you would appreciate that. Um, but, but the kind of grace that comes that we get, um, is undef- I, I don't, I, I don't, I can't even approach that. I don't even, I don't have the words to, to even to go down that path. Well, I don't, I don't think it's just under, I mean, yeah, like understanding it, that could just go on forever. But mm-hmm. like, even if we just believed like the surface aspect of it, like I'm declared righteous um, because of Jesus. Yeah. And right. like, I'm accepted before God. He looks at me, he loves me and nobody can take that away from me. Like just, just that if I um, really believed that, you know, all the time, it shouldn't make all the difference in the world, but it seems like my attitude would say I don't always believe that. Um, like if I'm ever fearful, if I'm ever concerned about what somebody thinks of me, then somehow that seems to be implying I don't believe that, what God says about you. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That He, that God's for me, and He's mm. the most. Um, uh, important person in in the universe so um if he's for me what you know what does it mean what is it why do i care about like if i mess up why do i carry care if like my money runs out tomorrow why do i care about what anyone thinks of me if i believe just those very surface things that god is for me that i'm declared righteous before me that he holds me in his hands and loves me and nothing can separate me from that. But um, to feel that, you know, that's the trick. Like, how do I feel, you know, um, where I am believing it in more of, more than just saying I believe and understanding it. It's like, I'm living from that. That's like, Yeah, I appreciate you saying it's so funny how someone you can just bump into someone and they can change your perspective on things and send you in a completely different trajectory than you would have been otherwise. Just just the slightest bump and send you like you know a day from now it's it's just a, a small deviation from where you would have been. But hmm. six months, a year, two years from now, that uh, and how that has an impact on you. So mm-hmm. I, I I pray that uh, I will take what you said with me. So, so living from a place of grace um, uh, is kind of a mind shift for, for me rather than a place uh, that I feel like I need to go to. It's hmm. a place that I come from, mm-hmm. kind of a mind shift, hmm. uh, perspective change. That's a paradigm adjustment for sure. So yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Um, But we do live in this world, and it's and we are in these these skin tents, and um, it's it's you know it, it's hard not to it's difficult um, to not care about what your daughter thinks of you or your 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 son or your wife or your your boss or your colleagues. It is it's it is um, uh, we're you know it's it's so funny um, in our in our true like we are wired in a way to ca- like to care what what something thinks someone thinks about us right and our false self we will choose to that to be the world what the world thinks of us rather than what our creator 
right. thinks of thinks of us. So right. yeah, and our and our true self, if we were to just really um, fulfill that the right way, it would just you would only care. And if about what God thinks about what right. you're, what you're, what he, how has he defined you? It's, you know, it, just kind of listening to you, it, it's kind of no surprise because we're brought up from like babies to, um, to seek the approval of, you know, our, our parents mm-hmm. and then our schoolmates and other people. So if we ha- if we struggle with this thing that's so inbred, in us or um and to change our paradigm and have more you know of a grace focus and living from that i guess it's kind of like no surprise that we're struggling with this well you've been wired you've been programmed yeah i mean it it just i mean literally i don't I don't see a TV, but you know i'm sure you got to have some you have your this device here your ipad um but we are programmed from such a young age to um, whether it's, you know, uh, blatantly obvious or just uh, um, oh so subtle, we're, we're programmed in a way to, uh, to really care about what other people think about us. And it drives the economy. Yeah. It drives the right. behaviors. Um, so, yeah. I mean, if you didn't care what it, if I didn't care what other people thought about me, I think I would probably have a lot more money that I've spent on wasted items than I have right now, or I would have a lot more time if I didn't care. Like there's, there's times where I haven't left work when I, I know I needed to leave work to go home. My priority of, of the ministry of my husbandry and my, and my fatherhood. Uh, but I, because I care about what that person thinks about me leaving before 5 PM or 6 PM, like who left first, I would, I think I would have more treasures, um, just worldly treasures. I think I would have more valuable worldly treasures if I didn't care so much, like you had said, about what the world thinks about what, about me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting topic. Yeah, it is. Master that one. Let me know. Write that book, and I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what um, what tends to cause you to grow in life? Um, pain, suffering, books, positive influences. I guess, I guess there could be a whole number of different yeah, things. All that, that. Yeah, all that. All that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all that. Uh, uh, but I, I would say um, uh, it's the suffering. Okay, that causes you to grow? Yeah. I think, okay. I mean, on, 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 on every scale, um, I think suffering... Um, it's the whole, I'm at, you know, I'm not trying to plug this thing again, but it's that whole winnowing process. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a breaking, it's a suffering. Every, er, there's a suffering that happens. And without that suffering, um, um, I don't know that any, any growth can, any truth, like any growth that we're supposed to grow in will happen. Um, you go to the gym, you may enjoy it, but there's a suffering that happens, and if if there's not, um, you're probably not working out hard enough. Um, mm. Today, I we were at the my son went with me to the to the gym, and I said, "How come you don't drink your water?" He's like, "Why well, is not thirsty?" 
I said, well, then you're probably not working out hard enough if you're not, if you don't, if you don't need to drink water while you're exercising or working out, you're probably not working out hard enough. You probably need to, you need to push it a little bit more, but, um, there's a suffering, there's a physical suffering that happens regardless of how you feel about, you know, working out and exercising and things Mm -hmm. like that. So, um, and then what happens after that suffering, the growth, right? Mm-hmm. There's a growth, there's a strengthening, there's a honing, um, there's a tempering that happens in the suffering. And uh, that's, uh, that's typically where um, I think I, I, the opposite of that, the, you know, um, whatever that word is, uh, what's the opposite of suffering? What is oh, that? What would that be? Ease, maybe comfort. Comfort, yeah, comfort, there you go, yeah. comfort. Uh, there's very little growth and comfort. Right. Comfort's not our friend. Right. But the world would tell you that it is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, hmm. and anything made easy for you uh, certainly will not encourage your growth. Okay. I don't think so. Um, you can contest me if you want. I don't, that could hurt my feelings. <laughs> I just don't know. Right. I don't know how you would grow without suffering. Right. No, I find the same thing um, seems like suffering produces uh, something good in me. Um, and I don't even know what's going on sometimes. Like, um, not too long ago, I was going through just some mentally just anguish. And, um, I was reading from Brendan Manning's book, uh, Ruthless Trust, I think was the book, or maybe it was Ragamuffin Gospel, one of those two books. And he started mentioning about how People who are used by God typically have gone through suffering. Like he mentioned David. Just consider King David from the the Bible. Mm-hmm. He, his life was pursued. I mean, he um, his family fell apart. Like, and yet, you know, he was a, a, a man of, after God's own heart. He was used by God. And think of just all the different biblical characters. I mean, they went through some really anguishing times Moses fleeing for his life and so forth um, so if I'm going through something really difficult I shouldn't think it's abnormal you know but um, I should uh, think or anyway it was encouraging to me can I read the can sure. I read the Bible on your podcast go ahead yeah okay um, it, this is what it um, this part of the conversation uh, is drawing me back to this part where Paul uh, is writing in Romans 5, 2. Uh, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because that we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, uh, character, and character, hope. And hope does not uh, put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who uh, who has been given to us. So it's it's you can't have like you can't have hope without suffering. There's a, there's a whole equation that has to happen there. Uh, and it all starts with suffering. And, uh, I'm not really good at rem- like memorizing Bible, uh, verses. I know the scriptures and I have to really struggle. I struggle to find out where they were. That's why I was trying to search that up. But, um, but yeah, suffering's that, that's just, that's kind of where it, where it happens. And I think that in order to find the joy in your suffering, that's, uh, that, that's really takes a warrioristic mindset to whether it's the, you know, trying to find the joy in the suffering of my dad dying, right? Like, hmm. uh, my dad died and there's a suffering that happens with that, but trying to find the joy in that, um, my wife, 
um, losing her mother, um, which seems like a month ago, but which is now um, 11 years ago, um, you know, finding the joy in that suffering. And uh, it's just day by day, piece by piece, we put the puzzles together and, um, and build that bridge to fill that gap. Um, but it, it's where our growth happens for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so like the death of your dad, so you're trying to, um, don't make me cry. I'm emotional. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, um, you mentioned finding the joy in it. So you're trying to, um, you're trying to figure that out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's right. Like, I mean, my, uh, recently my cousin, um, just lost her daughter. Um, she was the young lady, young woman that was killed up here on Telegraph um, not many months ago. Um, mm. She was she worked for the, the state transportation, mm. and uh, someone you know hit and killed her, and she was pregnant. Oh, and okay. wow. um, oh, I think I saw that in the leader. Yeah, horrible. Um, and and uh, you know, they, I'm talking about this because I don't I don't think that she would ever hear this part, I, I, it would almost be inappropriate to kind of have this kind of kind of conversation with her, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I'm not using any, any names, but um, finding the, like, where's the joy in that suffering? That and, and she's just stuck there. She's stuck on day, she's stuck in moment one. That's where she's at today. She's, she's still there. She's still stuck at that, uh, that moment. And there's days, um, comparatively, uh, I've told some people that I, I trust, um, and I trust you, uh, that I, I, I'm still at, there's days where I'm still at the podium giving my dad's eulogy. Like mm-hmm. I'm still there where i like my mom, my mom has met a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes great care of my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows Jesus and he, he cares about and, and loves my kids. My father passed away. I guess it's going, this it was either four or five years. Um, I in the moment can't think of it, but, um, it's, you know, um, there's, there's so much that's happened in that, in that period of time, uh, since his, since his passing, but in my mom has moved on in a way that where she's, she's met a man and she's sharing her life and I'm so happy for her. I'm happy for him. He lost his wife. Hmm. Uh, he took care of her until she passed away and they found, you know, they're, they're like, they're like high school kids. They're giddy and they're having a good time. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's days where I'm like, yay. And there's many days where I'm like, uh, this is awkward and uncomfortable, and I'm still the I'm still the young man standing at the podium trying to figure out how my dad's body is in that casket. Like that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. right? right? So, trying to find the joy in those these experiences. Um, I don't know that, that that's a um, that's a real battle, I think at times. And. And what kind of joy would it be? Like joy in what? Well, uh, I think that's multifaceted. Uh, joy knowing where my father is, um, not to get too voodoo-y uh, or too spiritual on you here. But I, you know, I don't put my I don't put God in a box. Um, you know, there are some people. If I were to share my experiences of my my visions or my dreams with some people, um, and I don't know you well enough to know how you would judge me. But uh, they would say, oh, well, that's just your, um, 
You know, that's just your way of coping. These visions that you're having, these dreams that you're having, uh, you're coping. Um, it's your confirmation bias. It's your, you know, your your cognitive dissonance. You're you're reaching for things, right? And then and, and then at, at at night when you go to rest, you're having these things. But when when I know, like that knowing we were talking about when we first got going, when I I know I, I'm made aware of things. And it's the best words I could come up with to describe that I'm, I'm made to know that where my dad is and that he is, um, he's content, he's happy, he's joyful, he's, you know, there's that kind of joy, right? Like I know that my dad's home, mm-hmm. um, he hasn't, he's no more away from me. He's, he, we're, we're both still in the body of Christ. He hasn't left the body of Christ and neither have right. I. We both still reside in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's no more, oh, gone than if he would have got in the on a, in a car and went to Cape Girardeau. He's not, he's not gone. He's just not in the same place that I'm at. He still exists. He's just right. not here. So there's, there's joy in that. But, um, um, then there's where would I, the, where would I be if he was still here? Would I, would I have matured the way that I've matured over the last four years with it, having him here? What I've become, the, I've learned more about my father and being a father since he's passed um, than hmm. I ever would have learned with him being alive. So there's right. that joy. Yeah. And there's a guiltiness that comes along with that. Same thing with my wife's mother passing and her relationship. She never really, she went to, she went to a church, but she never had a relationship with Christ. She was never really braided in. Hmm. Right. She never, you know, she, they, tied together with him and had a, a, a you know, a daily, a, a relationship. She didn't have a relationship with him. And so I asked her, like, would you trade your relationship with Christ to have your mother back? She's like, absolutely not. I'm like, if I would have asked you that on day one, you would have answered that completely different from the day that your mother passed. So we, you, you look at where we've come along the way. And, um, but yeah, there's just some sufferings that are just undescribably, undefinably hard. And I, I hope yeah. to. I'm careful with my prayers because <laughs> I right. don't. I don't want to know those sufferings. Right. Okay. Um, just a a thing or two here um, before we wrap up. Um, what time is it? Are you need? Are you on? I have time? a. I have a ten o'clock. So. Okay. If okay. That's, if that's could. okay with you, yeah, that's fine. And I'm happy. Always, if you'll have me back, I'd love to come back and then uh, sure. Do you can get on my podcast someday? Okay. So just to wrap up, then, um, what do you find really satisfying in life? Like, just think of your mm. uh, your typical week or or whatever, and what activity or interaction or or whatever. Um, do you just does does it really resonates with you, and you just say this is satisfying? Anything like that for you? Creating, creating. Okay. Yes, um, I I believe that uh, being made in the image of God, Imago Dei, we we are to um, we are to emulate creation and create. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't take I don't mean for that to sound boastful or um, godlike. I, I'm I'm I am a created paintbrush by the creator being used by the creator to create creation. 
hmm. all all glory, right? So I don't want to take any credit for any of that. Yeah. But it is where I find my satisfaction, whether that is um, web design, uh, woodworking, craftsmanship, um, uh, work, you know, um, building things around the house and things like that. I, I, I'm at my, I'm at my place of joy when I'm creating something. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, you know, a good conversation makes my day like this. It just colors my entire day. Mm. If I go uh, through a day where I'm just kind of in my office doing my thing, um, without, just a good face-to-face interaction. It's just not, not the, same the same day. Right, yeah. So yeah. that's something I find satisfying. Well, I hope that uh, I was able to f- be yeah. a good conversation yeah. today. I don't know <laughs> if I've... good. I don't yeah. know that I've fulfilled that, but um, I do. It has been good, yeah. Good, uh, good. I was, uh, that was part of my nervousness. Is, you know, I've listened to, I listened to the beginning of some of your podcasts, and it sounded like you... To me, you and your guest are highly intelligent, well-read, um, and, uh, I am, I'm not well read and, uh, I think I'm intelligent, but I'm, I'm not well read. And so I had, there's a bit of nervousness of, um, you know, is, is Will going to come at me with, you know, theology questions or doctrine questions or, you know, um, just, you know, want to split, split hairs and split atoms on certain topics. And I was, uh, I'm really excited to just, you know, just a loose conversation about stuff, get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so good. Thank you. So before you go, um, give your, how people can follow you, like your website or oh. whatever you want to give. Like, uh, Oh, well, um, my name is Jason Becker. <laughs> you can find me on, um, um, on, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. You can try, you could find me on, um, uh, Facebook and on Instagram, but, and, and that's fine. You can follow me personally, but what I would any, anybody that's listening that would want to go check out Winnode, W I N N O W E D Winnode warrior. Uh, you can find that on Facebook and, and Instagram as well. Um, and you can easily get to those by just going to winnodewarrior.com. Winnodewarrior.com has, um, uh, all the, it has the, the, uh, the nine steps there of, of Winnowed Warrior. It has uh, w- worship music that I absolutely love uh, for times of happiness, joy, grief, hardships, anxiety, panic. Um, and then there's, uh, there's a blog there that I need to put more, more effort into and as well as uh, links to all the, the different social media that's available. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks for being a guest. I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.